the majority of the people who see this or hear this have a job. And what do we all want to do at our jobs? We want to keep our jobs. And if possible, we want to move up, right? In this video, I want to give you some tips on how you can be a better employee. And I will only speak from experience. My name is Sylvester McNutt III. My mission right now is to create conversations around healing, self-love, self-awareness. I believe that once you heal and once you find your purpose, then you create happiness, then you create success. And I believe we are all worthy. Let me qualify myself first before I give you the tips. All right. When I was an employee, correct, I'm not an employee now. I've been a full time entrepreneur since 2012, 13 ish. I really don't remember the date anymore. I just know a couple of years, like seven years. When I was an employee between 2010 and 2000, it was 2013. That's when I left my corporation i was one of the top performers right a top performer earned a couple of promotions moved around within the company now what i realized in in business and, and being an employee working for people is that there's a there's a couple of things that you need to understand if you want to one make money two keep your job uh three and get promoted so all i'm going to share with you is a couple of tips that i personally used as an employee but I also still use them now as an entrepreneur. I believe that they are the foundation of my work as an entrepreneur. All right. So I'll keep this video short. I'm going to get straight to the point. First, you have to serve the customer. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. If you do not take care of your customers, your customers will not come back. You the only way a business exists is if customers pay that business. So as an entrepreneur now or as an employee back when I was an employee, that principle applies to both. You have to take care of your customers. And if you do not take care of your customers, your customers will go to the competitor. That's just how it works. Right. Serve the customer through. A, there's a lot of ways you can serve your customer. But to me, you want to have a mindset of serving your customer. You want to make sure that when you're going into work, your energy is clear and you're focused so you can take care of your customer. So your customer can take care of you. It's a give give relationship. All right. So have a have the mindset of I want to serve the customer. I want to take care of the customer. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to always be able to give the customer what they want. Sometimes customers are unrealistic and sometimes their expectations of a company are too high. Sometimes they want a discount when it's not feasible, right? Sometimes they want something that's not on the menu. Sometimes they want to do something that violates policy. Sometimes they want you guys to do things that are illegal. These are all realistic examples and things that happen with customers. But what you have to do is you have to understand that your job is to serve the customer. And so you can serve them by letting them know when those situations occur and there's things that you cannot do. You serve them by letting them know, look, Mr. Customer, I value you. I appreciate your business and I understand your request. However, I cannot do X, Y, Z. But Mr. Customer, here is what I can do. Would you like to proceed? If you guys will say that to your customers, when your customer service situations arise, your customer is going to say, OK, let's do it. As a manager, when I was a manager, I was put in many situations with customers and they would say to me, thank you for the way you handled that. Thank you for your tactfulness. Thank you for being so diligent. 
Thank you for at least trying. And I would, t I would tell the customers flat out, this is the limitations of my power. This is what I can do. This is what I cannot do. I will try my best to help you. And if I cannot help you, I will let you know what I can and cannot do. I would tell customers that all the time. And they love me for that because I was transparent. You got to think about it. When you're dealing with companies, you personally, as a customer, when you're dealing with companies, what do you want? You want people to explain stuff to you. You don't want to hear, well, that's not the policy. Dude, I don't wake up every day trying to know your damn policies. I'm a customer. I'm trying to give you my money. Tell me the policy, right? And that's the, that's the position we take as customers because we're dealing with customer service people who aren't diligent, who aren't thorough. Your job is to serve the customer. Be thorough in your job, right? Be thorough, be tactful, keep your emotions in check. You can have emotions, you can be emotional, but you have to keep your emotions in check when you're talking to a customer because sometimes people get irate when it comes to their money, when it comes to their time, right? They'll say things to you like, I'm paying for you to be here. You better do what I say you're gonna do. Mr. Customer, look, I'm on your side. I appreciate your business. My company appreciates your business. Yelling at me is not going to help because I'm here on your side. I'm trying to work with you. We can get through this together. But if you continue to yell at me, Mr. Customer, I mean, let me ask you, if I came in your place of business and I yelled at you, would you work with me? No, you wouldn't. So I'm, I'm going to kindly ask you to bring it down to a professional and tactful manner so we can figure out what solutions are available to us, Mr. Customer. You talk to your customer like that, what are they going to do? They're going to calm the hell down. Why? Because my mission is to serve the customer. That's the, the number one most important thing in business is to serve the customer. I wish I, I wish I could find the stat of how many of my podcast listeners, how many of the people who buy my books, how many of the people who listen to my YouTube videos, how many of the people who come to my talk. I wish I wish I could have the stat that show how, how much of it is a repeat customer. My whole mission is to serve the person. I ask people, if you follow me on Instagram, Instagram is Sylvester McNutt. I ask people all the time on Instagram on my story. I say, hey, what type of post do you need from me today? I ask them all the time. What, what should I? What book should I write next? What, what what topics do you want me to cover? I ask people all the time on the podcast. What do you want me to talk about next? Let me know. I'm asking you right now. All right, whoever's listening to this podcast or this video on YouTube, let me know what topic you want me to cover next. And if it if it's within my scope or my capabilities or my thought, I will cover it next. I need four four recommendations for you guys from you guys. Four podcast episodes that you want Sylvester McNutt the third to do, and I'll do them for you because I'm here to serve you. All right. Now, I'm going to give you the last two quickly because they're kind of self-explanatory. Number two is you need to master your products. It's amazing to me how many people go to work and they don't know their products. They don't know what they have to offer. I sell eight books. I have a podcast. I have a YouTube. I travel and I go on tour and I speak to people. That is how my business is set up. This business, I have other things that I do. This is my primary business. This is how it's set up. I record my podcast on Friday. They come out on Sunday. I post every single day on Instagram, typically between 7 and 9 a.m. And then again, between 4.30 and 7 p.m. if I post twice. I have two Instagram pages on my other Instagram page. 
which is called Free Your Energy Book. I post nothing but quotes on my main page, Sylvester McNutt. I post quotes, videos, whatever I'm feeling. I drop a book every 8 to 12 months. The frequency of my YouTube videos is typically once a week to coincide with my, uh, to align with my podcast every Sunday, typically. Sometimes I don't have the energy for the YouTube videos, but mostly once a week. I have over 300 videos on YouTube. I've been posting on YouTube since 2011. Right. If you ask me about my eight books, I can tell you right now I have eight books. Number one, success is a choice. This book I wrote when I was in corporate America in 2011, published in 2012. And it's all about success. It's about framing the mindset of success that came out in 2012. My second book came out in 2013. That's called Dear Soul, Love After Pain. And that's all about healing. It's all about healing. That was my first attempt at writing a book on healing. Uh, it was me introducing myself to the realm of writing about healing after that. I wrote about the uh, the Dear Queen journey. The Dear Queen journey. Um, nope, I lied. Switch it. The Dear Queen journey came out first. That was 2013. Dear Soul came out in 2014. Then from there, it was Dear Love Life. That was a book I wrote about uh, dating at that time period. Then I wrote This Is What Real Love Feels Like, 2016. That was a poetry book about love. It was, that was actually a really good book. I really want to write a sequel to that. 2017 i wrote lust for life lust for life was one of the biggest bestsellers that i had uh 2018 i wrote the care package book care package today is my most notable most most sold book um the care package book i've actually had publishers reach out to me to pick the book up but i said no because they want to cut into the money and i'm not with that they want to cut into the money but they don't want to do the work that i'm putting in of getting the book out there, of meeting the people, of telling people about it every day. So they want to cut in on the money, but they don't want to do the work. No, uh, I can't do it. If you guys want to match my work ethic to any publishing company that can see this, hear this, or you're thinking about contacting me, my books are going to sell because of the number one thing I told you, I try to serve my customer. The reason that you guys don't sell your books is because you're on the archaic book selling model and you don't care about your customers. I care about my customers. I care about I genuinely if you've met me in person, I genuinely care. I ask you, hey, how you doing? You good? Like what's going on? You, you, you publishing companies, you just want you just want authors money. So don't contact me unless you guys are going to come with the same energy that I give. If you're not going to meet my energy, I'm not signing with you. I'm self-published for a reason. I'm self-published because I understand that I don't need a middle person to connect to people. <laughs> I don't need a middle person to connect to people. I can connect to people because I genuinely care. I genuinely want to be out here creating this type of content. That's why I've been doing it since 2011. That's why I quit my job in 2000. I was making $70,000 a year doing commission sales, but I quit in 2013 to do this. So don't come to me thinking that I'm a, that I'm just about to sell my soul for y'all. No, the answer is no. You guys contact me trying to pick up the care package book, but what are you what are you doing to help me? What are you doing to help me? You're not, you're not doing anything. You're not doing any you, you you publishing companies aren't doing anything, so I'm not going to sign with you. You're not going to own my words. You're not going to control my work. I want to put a book out every 8 to 12 months. I give it a publishing company, they delay that to 20 months. I'm not doing that. That doesn't make business sense. When you have people that want you to put a book out every six months and the publishing company says, well, oh, yeah, it takes us about a year and a half to two years. No, life is short. You know, Kanye had a line. He said, never leave when you're hot. That's how May screwed up. 
Mace was a prominent rapper back in the, um, in the 90s and the 2000s. And then he left to be, I, I think he left to be a, a pastor or something. He left when he was hot, when he was popular, when he was in demand. Right? My work is in demand right now. It's only in demand because of the effort that I've put in over the last seven years. So who are you to come in seven, eight years later and say, oh, well, we want a piece of, the, we want a piece of that sign with us? Nah, it doesn't work that way. So my eighth book came out this year called Free Your Energy. See, my energy is free. I would rather sell less books independently through my own efforts than sell more books with you guys. Have you guys take all my money and control all my words and control my release dates and control my covers and control what I can or cannot say. If I want to say fuck those publishing companies on my podcast, I can. This is the first time I swore on my podcast. But that's because I can do what I want to do. And my energy is free. And when I go to the, when I sign to those publishing companies, I can't. You guys don't understand these principles that I just gave you. They don't understand that you need to serve your customer. They don't understand that you need to master your products. You guys wanted, they wanted to pick up the care package book and they wanted to pick up the free your energy book, but they didn't even master the product. They didn't even know about it. They just want, they just want the money. And then the third tip for becoming a better employee, becoming a better entrepreneur, is you have to know your leader's goals. So if you're an employee, and I use this tip, right? When I was uh, when I was working, um, I would always ask my manager. I would say, Jen, you know, what are your goals? What, what are you, what are you trying to do? What's your quota? And I would always ask, and then I would correlate my uh, my performance to her goals, and I would say, all right, getting you closer to that twenty percent. Getting you closer to that bonus, getting you closer to that vacation. Some may say that that's ass kissing or brown nosing. That's what the terms I used to hear in corporate America, uh, brown nosing. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. Life is survival of the fittest. If I'm going to job, I, I need to get paid. If I'm going to my job, I need to make sure that I'm able to take care of my family and myself. I'm not going to work to play games with you guys. I'm not going to work to be buddy buddy with people. We can we can eventually be friends and we can eventually develop a connection, but I need to get paid and and I'm spending eight hours of my day here. I need to give my best performance. I need to win. I need to make sure that they know that I'm tactful. I'm professional. I'm organized. I'm focused. I'm doing my job. I had never been written up. I never been written up in my job, not for tardy, not for performance, not for behavior. I'm not getting written up. Why would, I, why would I perform poorly at a place I'm choosing to be eight hours a day? I need to be a top performer. Otherwise, I'm not going. You know, a lot of you guys have this mindset of, oh, I hate my job. I'm just going to go because da, 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 da. Why do you go? Why do you go to, why do you go to a job you hate? When there are so many jobs out there that you can go to and you can go to a job you like. That's what I want to know. That's what I had to ask myself, and now I'm asking you. Why go to a job you hate when there are jobs out there that you can do that you like? Sometimes that job is working with the company. Sometimes that job is making, you know, working in the gig economy and just signing up for different gigs. Sometimes that job is creating your own business or being a solopreneur. There's so many different paths. Why do something you hate for your whole life. Now look, I understand that there are times in our lives where we have to just do what we have to do. I've been there. 
I've worked at Taco Bell, McDonald's, Burger King, got fired from Walmart, got fired from Jewel for, for stealing when I didn't steal. I've been there. I've worked at Fuddruckers. I've delivered pizzas. I've done all that stuff. I, you, you may not be able to see it. I still have a scar because I used to donate plasma. When I was the brokest of the brokest person in college, I used to donate plasma out of, see, plasma, what happens is they pull out your, and, and, and if I say this wrong, I apologize, but this is the best I can do. They put a needle in you. They withdraw your, your, your red blood comes out. They separate the red blood cells and the right, white blood cells. And from those white blood cells, they take out plasma. And plasma, they can use it uh, in the medical industry. Now, if I explain that wrong, I apologize. But that's the best that I understand it. Then they take your, rub, your red blood cells, uh, your red blood, and they put that back into your body. So they've ex extracted some of the white blood cells and some of the plasma, and they use that. I don't know what they use that for, but all I know is that when I was broke, they would pay you, I believe, uh, it would be $20 for the first trip. And then if you went twice in a week, you would get $60. So you would get a total of $80. And as long as you did that twice a week, now the reason they paid you more the second time, and, and, and again, if I'm saying this wrong, fault me. But the, the reason they paid you more the second time is because the blood was uh, richer or it was it was like more potent. It was it was healthier since it had already been siphoned that week. And, 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 you know, I'm not I'm not in the medical industry. So, like I said, if I'm saying that wrong, I apologize. So when I was the brokest of the brokest right after I got fired from Walmart, which that was a funny ass story. I should tell you guys that story. I'll tell you right now. So here's what happened. Let me just write this down. Plasma. So I don't forget. OK, so I'm working at Walmart. I think this is my sophomore or junior year of college. Um, you know, just a little part time job to help me, you know, get by while I'm in college. All you guys have done that. Who went to college? You tried to pick up a job uh, unless you got those rich parents. And if you have rich parents, uh, let's go on a date. Tell them to send me some money because I'm your boyfriend. All right. I'm your podcast boyfriend. <laughs> no, but so here's what happened. Uh, we got a new management and the management wanted me. I, I was off Wednesdays because I had a Wednesday night class. So if you guys haven't been to college, typically this was my experience on a Wednesday night class. Uh, sometimes I think it was like Mondays and Wednesdays. That class would be from like six to nine or like six twenty to nine. You know, it was like a two hour class, which I'm so grateful I'm not in college because that was some of the most I mean, that was just a brutal experience being in class for three hours. Oh, Ooh, hats off to all you people who are in college, who are getting your degrees, who are working hard because man college was brutal for me so i'm in this class um so i couldn't work wednesday so the new manager comes and he goes yes yeah, Sly, we need you to work uh wednesdays i said well i can't work wednesdays so i literally have the wednesday blocked off because i can't work it and then the manager was like yeah you need to work uh on wednesdays you know uh we need you working on wednesdays i'm gonna actually put you on the schedule on wednesdays and i'm like buddy i just told you I can't work Wednesdays. I have class. I have the dreaded three-hour class in the Midwest. When I walk to class, wind hits me in the face. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> it's cold in Chicago, and you want me to come to work, and I don't have a car, and I'm freaking donating plasma. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you need to come to work, buddy. So he scheduled, this mother schedules, he schedules me for a Wednesday. I got my class. 
So what do you think I do? I don't go. Bro, why would I go when I literally, with the old management, have had my schedule blocked off for a reason? And then the new guy comes, puts me down, and then he says that I did a no-call, no-show. Bro, you changed my availability. How is that a no-call, no-show? So that's why I got fired from Walmart. And it's so funny, like, getting fired from Walmart. They're like, you, what did they say? <laughs> uh, you will never be able to work for Walmart. Sign here. <laughs> I was like, what? Sign here. You'll never be able to work for Walmart. When you get, Once you get fired, you're always fired. Sign here saying that you agree. And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. I was like uh, 19, I think. I think, I, I think that was my sophomore year. And so, I, uh, yeah, I got fired from Walmart. So you guys, <laughs> yeah, woo, this episode took me places. Shout out to everyone there in college, for real though. Just because I, I hate college, that doesn't mean you need to hate college. But I will say this, while we're here, we might as well, we might as well go into this. If you're going to be in college, I highly recommend you also try to figure out ways to get experience doing different things. A lot of the times... What you work, a lot of the times the the jobs you're going to have, they may not relate to your degree because life is really about networking. It's about who you know, what you know, how you can prove yourself uh, and where you can fit in. So if you guys are in college, I want you to just do your best. Get your A's, get your B's. That's one of my biggest regrets is not taking it serious. I wish you guys would just get your A's, get your B's so you can get in and get out. Don't prolong the college experience. You don't want more debt. Get in get out right now while you're there this is something that i wish i would have done while i was in college i went to a couple of like professional events like i went to some real estate events i went to some insurance events because i didn't i didn't like college so i was really putting myself out there trying to network i wish i would have did that every week the problem for me was a cash flow problem i didn't have money and i didn't have a car till my junior year so i couldn't really go to places <clears throat> So if you have a car, if you have financial support, if you have a scholarship, um, if you have a part-time job, if you have the ability to get out of your college town on the weekends, okay, party as much as you want. Get drunk. Do whatever the hell you guys want to do. But make it, just do it for me, all right? Do it for me and future you. Make at least one of your weekends a month while you're in school about networking, getting out of the city, getting out of the college town, and going to professional mixers, just bumping heads with people. Now, maybe you don't know how to introduce yourself because you're, hey, I'm a college student and there's all these professionals here. Look, you have an Instagram, right? <laughs> this is what you should do. You Tell your friends about this too. Your friends can do this with you. You have an Instagram. So start taking pictures of yourself when you're in the library or when you're studying and just start documenting yourself as a college student. I never see people talking about how they're in college on Instagram unless they're at parties getting drunk. Document the other side of it. When you're studying for a test, when you guys are pulling all-nighters, document that side of it. So then when you start meeting people and they're like, oh, well, what do you do? Just say, I'm a young professional. That's it. You don't have to get, you don't have to get into details. Oh, I'm a young professional. Oh, yeah, okay. What, what do you do? Tell me about you. Oh, yeah, I'm an engineer. I've been an engineer for four years. Oh, wow, wow, that's interesting. I was actually thinking about doing that. I was actually thinking about doing it. You could be a freaking art major. It doesn't matter. Just 
you want see the thing you want when you're a young kid is you want information and experience so you don't have to be so set this is what i'm going to do and this is who i'm going to be like for most people that's not actually how it happens so you want to always leverage every conversation and meet as many people as possible i wish this is what i was doing when i was in college just meeting people oh wait oh you're a pilot oh okay i'm interested in aviation so how, how'd you get into that right now for me i'm a genuinely curious person so it's easy for me to ask questions i believe that if you want to be successful and happy in life you should be curious so go into these places completely open have no shame in admitting that you're a college student if you're a college student have no shame in that now you go to these places add people on instagram get everyone's instagram you want to net this time of your life you want to be networking network 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 meet as many people as you can right and then when you get out of college you're going to know all these people from all these events and they're already in their professions that dude i wish i would have did this in college if you go let's just do math Maybe not your freshman year because you're probably so enthralled in the college experience, which I think you should be, right? But by the time sophomore year comes, I think I think a sophomore in college, 19, 20 years old, I think you're old enough to understand that college is supposed to set you up for a career. Maybe not as an 18-year-old, but definitely as a 19, 20-year-old, especially if you have a little bit of guidance. So use it. Use it to meet people to network come out of college if you're going to come out of college with thirty thousand dollars in debt come out of college with thirty thousand people knowing that you worked hard that you were at events that you networked that you met people that you put yourself out there that maybe while, while, while i was in college i tried real estate i started a business i met a whole bunch of people and i know for a fact that it helped me in the workplace because the way that i got the one the one uh company that i worked for after college the way i got that job is because i networked because of someone i knew in college they put me on the job they're like hey you need to work here i'll talk to one of the managers i applied i worked there for three and a half years and if i would have never did that became a top performer there you literally would not be listening to me now and it's because i network with this one person in college i'm telling you this works i'm telling you it works this is <laughs> this might be the best advice i've ever given in my life honestly i'm like dude do it i'm telling you go to these events go to networking events when speakers come in town go to their events try to meet 10 people is are you shy are you introverted fine i get it but i don't care because you need to eat and you need to take care of your family and you need to be happy and you're gonna have to pay off ninety thousand dollars of debt especially if you go to you know one of the uh um what's after a bachelor's masters and doctors you guys are gonna have a lot of debt to pay off see i only went for bachelors once i saw that loan i was like whoo i'm through oh 56 76 86 thousand dollars I'm through, bro. So this podcast started as three steps to be a better employee, but I don't even know what I'm going to call this. This has to be, I might call this episode the me the, the megazord of networking, <laughs> the, the, the megazord of, of advancing your college career i don't know what to call this episode guys my name is sylvester mcnutt the third if you watched or listened to this whole episode you are just as crazy as i am and i love you for that you can follow me on instagram or twitter 
Sylvester McNutt, S-Y-L-V-E-S-T-E-R, last name, McNutt, M-C-N-U-T-T. McNutt is my last name, uh, by the way. A lot of people laugh when they're like, McNutt, McNutt, I'm not taking advice from a guy named McNutt. Okay, don't. <laughs> don't. I'm happy, healthy, and healed. So, happy, healthy, and healed. Damn. Yo, don't don't steal that. Hey. <laughs> hey, don't steal that from me. I'm about to use that. I'm about to make a new brand. Happy, healthy, and healed. Don't steal that. If you steal that, we're fighting. Okay? We are fighting. Don't steal that. <laughs> All right, guys. I love you guys who listen to the podcast for real, man. You guys are amazing. If you have not read the Free Your Energy book, by the time you're hearing this, it should be out on audiobook. Now, I don't know. Now, if it's not, don't fight me. If you want to fight me, that's fine, too. Um, we can fight. Just buy the book first. Before, <laughs> before you fight me, buy the Free Your Energy book, all right? Read the Free Your Energy book. Read the Care Package book. Read the Lust for Life book. I order all my books. You need to read them. They're good. They're good. They've helped me. I've put a book out every year along this journey. Um, and, and I'm very grateful for everyone who has read the books, who has left a review. Here's another thing. If you if you have read one of my books and you have not left a review, you could help me out a lot by leaving a review on Amazon. Reviews help because there's people who don't know anything about me and then they'll read your review and they'll say, oh, okay, I'll buy this book because of that. And that helps me. That helps me continue my podcast. It helps me continue my posts. That helps me continue to go to the football games that I love to go to. I'm about to go to Denver Broncos game versus the uh, Chicago Bears. I actually mean to say it the other way. My Chicago Bears versus the Broncos. So help me help you help others help everyone free your energy.